Hello and welcome to the Topical City podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Manchester City. If you don't mind the shop that's only open every four to six weeks. Uh, I'm here today with uh, my man Richard. Oh, can't hear him. I don't know if uh, you guys can hear him. Nope, no, no. <laughs> well, it's just me, I guess. I'm the only one here today. <laughs> I can hear, I see him mouthing the words motherfucker. Um... Right. There you go, I got you. Just let's just keep it rolling. If if it fails again, uh, you, <laughs> you're a one man band. <laughs> we've got we've got Richard. Finally, he's here. James is joined. He is muted though. If he wants to actually come in and say hello, hello. There he is. is. There's the boy. Uh, so James, how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Long time no pod. And yeah, indeed. I just uh, you've come in on, on the eve of some massive technical difficulties. <laughs> Uh, Richard is dropping in and out uh, like uh, like me at college. Uh, So uh, (laughs) how are you feeling about City at the moment? It's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? Because we're somehow storming away with it again. And it's obviously down to the the wonders of Pep and the media trying their best to ruin it for us. Um, But overall, you can't really complain, can you? The, The level that we're playing at, the level some of the players... Like Rodri and Cancelo are playing out. It's fucking brilliant, isn't it? Brilliant time to be a City fan. On the level bar in the last game, uh, of course. Yeah, I'm talking generally over the last <laughs> Recording this after the Southampton game. That was the last game that happened. Uh, it was one all. It was awful. Um, uh, how are you feeling about Liverpool? Do you think they can catch up? I don't want to say yes, but yes. I think if, if I was to rephrase your question, is it done? No, it's not. Um, so in theory, yes, they can catch up. We've still got to play them. I think they've still got a game in hand. Is that right? I believe so, yeah. So, Well, uh, as I was saying to Richard, uh, people are saying that they're going to have to win every game for the rest of the year uh, in order to catch us. I personally don't see that. Liverpool have never seemed like a team that put together a a run like that under pressure. So I, I don't see it myself. Yeah, yeah I, I, see, I see that point. And I think really both... Both sides work, both both arguments work. For that. That's a very convincing point to put across. Um, but on the, from my point of view, it was a case of we've we've been that team that's chasing, but we, what, 11 points behind at one point in a title yeah, race? Yeah, we're, we're a super team. So. <clears throat> but we weren't at one point, so who knows? Maybe it's their time to become a super team. Maybe, maybe. This is going to be a bit of a weird one because it's not just the Topical City podcast today. It's, it's more like the Topical Premier League podcast because we're going to talk about some other stuff as well. Um, halfway through the season, there have been some, uh, some real surprises. Um, so let, let's talk about some positive surprises first. Um, West Ham and Brighton. Yeah, West, West Ham, Ham especially. West Ham fifth, Brighton ninth, <clears throat> Wolves eighth. All doing really, really well. Wolves especially considering Nuno left. What, what what are we feeling about the shake-up in the Premier League at the minute? Well, it seems like there's a lot of clubs that are becoming more and more efficiently run. So the likes of West Ham, the likes of Aston Villa, I want to touch on Palace as well. Um, you know, it kind, of, it kind of puts clubs like Man United in the spotlight, doesn't it, as to how to run a football club efficiently. Um, but yeah, Wolves, like you mentioned, they're, they're so solid. Arguably the most, oh sorry, the least enjoyable game of football I've seen in person for a long time when we played. Them. Don't bring it back, man! Like so frustrating. But but they, they do it. They do it and they do it well. 
So fair play to them in that respect. That's their that's their way of playing the game. They're, they're super solid. West Ham just really exciting to watch, aren't they? Jared Bowen, Antonio, Declan Rice, like what a transformation he's had over the last couple of years. Uh, he's been touted to all the big boys now. For me, I'm I'm quite impressed with and surprised with Palace because really they were in a disaster situation during the summer, weren't they? In that most of their team was out of contract, Hodgson left and they were just in up shit creek. Um, and Vieira's come in, they weren't sure how he was going to do really. He's, he's had a, a mixed history so far, hasn't he, as a manager? And they've got some really exciting players there, complemented with uh, old man Zaha. You know, it's a uh, they're quite an interesting team to watch, and they, they made some really shrewd signings. I think that um, Anderson, the the full the uh, centre back from Fulham, he looks a good buy. Conor Gallagher on loan from Chelsea, he's just immense, isn't he? Um, and I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Edouard uh, up front because I just always used to sign him on Football Manager, and I think he's going to just become even better. What do you think? Well, oh, Richard's talking, and we've lost him again. <laughs> so, so <laughs> we'll talk about it until he manages to start his sound out. When you do, just just keep shouting, and once once you uh, once we can hear you, Richard, we'll uh, we'll let you in. <laughs> so we're just observing uh, at this point. I think he's leaving and coming back. Uh, so yeah, we it's it's. I think it's particularly nice for West Ham and Palace because there is West Ham. We've got that connection with them. Uh, when they said we'll be coming straight back up and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Palace, Paddy Vieira. Um, it's it's nice to see both of them doing well. Um, moving to the other side, two teams, Premier League mainstays doing terribly, absolutely awfully. Burnley at bottom uh, and Everton a 17th, I think, at the, at the time of recording. Uh, 16th, they've managed to move up a little bit. Newcastle, yeah, we've, now, we've now got to support Everton as much as we would Palace because they've got Former Man City legend in Got charge as super well. Super Frankie Lampard, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so talk about Everton specifically. The business they've done, um, we are, you know specifically how I feel about <laughs> um, one of the signings they made. Is Frank Lampard an upgrade on Benitez? Is, do you reckon he can save them from going down? Will their signings save them from going down? Uh, why do they think it's 2015? What What do you think? <laughs> I think they thought it was 2015 for a while, like signing the likes of a Wobie. Will, will that's that's it. They've, they've signed a Wobie, Walcott, Townsend, yeah. <laughs> now Deli Alley. Um, yeah. They seem to have a real blind spot for these players that used to be good uh, and have, have not shown yeah. anything for it since. Because Townsend only ever used to turn up against City. So, don't forget selling their best defender as well. Oh, yeah, of course, of course, yep. Yeah. Um, uh, Rod- losing Rodriguez, like it's weird. They're, they're a very weird club, and I do like Evan. Um, I don't know whether it's just a second city, a second team in the city brotherhood from back when we were really bad, but I don't know. I, the business they've done in January does not ring out to me as. Incredible, and, and I'm a oh, bit. Oh, mate, he screams of us signing Robbie Fowler, Steve McManaman, David Seaman, like just washed up fucking players. You asked me where the Lampards aren't great on Benitez. I think Benitez historically has been a very good manager, 
but it seems to be the general consensus that maybe the game's passing him by a little bit now. It was and strange how, how bad he did. It was really... It, 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 it can't feel anything more like the jokey agent Benitez. <laughs> like, like, how does he do? Because he was doing... Newcastle had a worse team than Everton. Yeah, but if, if it's all pinned around Calvert-Lewin, for example, and then he's fucked off for most of the season, then... Mm-hmm. His game plans out the window, isn't it? I mean, we don't, we're not privy to that. Yeah, I like Benitez as a guy. I've liked him historically through the job he's been at. Even when he was Liverpool manager, they weren't much of a threat to us, so I didn't mind them then. Yeah, Lampard, I didn't watch a lot of him at Derby, but I heard good things. And then I think at Chelsea, he did okay, especially with young players. So th- that's the irony of him going to Everton with the just full of dinosaurs. But he seems refreshing, if nothing else, and maybe that's what they need. Because um, they're effectively becoming Watford with their manager merry-go-round, aren't they? Just the amount they're going through. Not um, quite as bad. <laughs> no, not yet. I, I'm I'm optimistic for Lampard, but fucking hell, something else needs something else needs to change at Everton. Whether it's the recruitment or the scouting or whatever it is, you know, maybe he can start having a bit of a, a say with that. And I don't actually think it's a bad level for him to be at. No, I, I honestly expected him to go down to the championship again. Mm. Uh, but it looks like he was he was just like, I'm not doing that. If I get another job, I'll be a Premier League manager. Uh, I everyone like you know I love him, so hopefully he does well. I just I, I can't see it with who they've bought and the squad that they've got. Uh, but but hopefully, well, what's well? Play. What's well for them? Is it not going surviving? down? Now. Yeah. yeah, not going, Which I think, not going I think down. I think he'll do that. You've got to hope, really. Like, like Burnley look possibly unsavable. Like they've never been this bad. What, Usually, what, uh, they brought in Veghorst. Or yeah, they like brought. That. I mean, they did some good business getting Chris Wood out and signing Veghorst for half the price. Um, and especially because he's six foot five. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they might, maybe he'll turn them around, but this is the worst Burnley have been. I mean, they've got two games in hand of, of a lot of people, but it's the worst they've been in ages. Uh, they've got two games in hand. They've got two games in hand of Watford who are one place above. But they've got like four games in hand to half the league. Um, yeah, they've got four so, on Norwich, haven't they? Yeah, so maybe they'll be able to turn it around, but they've won one game out of 18. They're, they're, they're not doing well at all. And I, I can't say I watch Burnley, so I don't know what the problem is. Maybe it's because they played a classic Mike Bassett 4 4 2 and they uh, are struggling with it without better. You know what, mate? I'm sorry to interrupt. I'll just look at the table there. Um, They've got two games in hand on Everton and they'll be within a point of Everton if they win both of those. If they win both of those, considering they've only won one game all season. Yeah, yeah but just, that <laughs> just puts into context how shit Everton have been. Yeah, they've, they've been really bad. Uh, Watford, Norwich all down there, as you would expect. Watford especially, um, because they, they can't keep a manager. Uh, and now they've signed Roy Hodgson, who did a job at Palace, but if I was a Watford fan, he's not exactly instilling confidence. Um, he's the ultimate steady the ship guy now, isn't he? Yeah, he's the new Sam Allardyce, which I'm surprised he didn't, <laughs> he didn't get that job. Uh, let's see if Richard's back, if we uh, if we can go to him. Can you hear me now? Yes, yeah. we can hear you now, yeah. Right. Uh, I probably will go off again in a minute, so... Uh, well, just I'll... make sure when you are on, it's, it's good content. Let me just try and say something really fucking insightful now while I'm... <laughs> yeah, please do. We're talking about the relegation... Battle uh, at the moment, specifically the likes of Everton and Burnley. Uh, what are you feeling about them? Um, Everton, I think, need to be a bit 
wary, but I don't necessarily see it being a problem. They've got a, a good enough players in the squad. Do you know what I mean? Now that Calvert-Lewin's back from injury, I think a player like him alone is enough to keep you in the Premier League. And I think everyone's trashing on Frank Lampard a little bit. I mean, he's a Man City legend. We should all be a little bit more respectful to him. But he did a good job with Derby and he did a good job with Chelsea in his first season, bringing through some of the youth players. So I don't think that there's a reason necessarily to be down on him. You and um, me are on the same page, mate. I've just said exactly the same thing. Oh, am I repeating? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, it's like you've, you're validating my opinion, mate. It's fine. <laughs> the, the problem, I think, is Derby were pretty good when he went. Chelsea were pretty good when he went. Everton are struggling. So it's yeah. can he? He's not, he's not proven that he can turn around a struggling team yet. I don't think. I love him more than both of you put together. I love. Him. I will just you say think, that yes. there was. Um, on, I was listening to. I think it was the Totally Football Show the other day, and Daniel Story on there was saying something along the lines of, "He's his problem in management is that he um, is too exposed on the break." And he never really solved that with Derby and he never really solved that with Chelsea. And the Everton's biggest problem is being exposed on the break. So it could just be a bit of a clusterfuck for him like if he doesn't sort that out straight away. So I think this will be a big test of his managerial capabilities. But maybe being a bit unproven is going to be an advantage to them when you've got the you know some of the same old names like Roy Hodgson, like you were saying, like competing to stay in the league. It's weird, Watford, because they've now signed two rele- what recent relegation specialists in the Claudio Ranieri and Roy Hodgson. Uh, odds on somebody like Sam Allardyce coming in in the last three months. What, what do we think? Surely his time's over. Was it QPR who had three managers in the same season and still went down? Like oh, they kept yeah. trying that. Yeah, they they kept trying to plug that new manager bounce. It might have been Fulham. I think maybe they came close. Just, just one other one that um, I'll throw out there because I definitely don't think you've talked about Leeds yet. Leeds, like they had a really, really tough patch with COVID cases and injuries and it just felt like they weren't that same Bielsa team that they were. On like, top of that as well, they didn't sign anybody. Even though they've their squad's fucked, they didn't sign a single person. Um, a lot of people say that it's um, Bielsa fatigue. In, Hang uh, on, they did, didn't they? I thought they signed someone. They might have signed one person, but they've got about yeah. 10 people out. Uh, so it's not going to work. Uh, but they say it's Bielsa fatigue in that that team will give you everything for two years, three years, and then they're just fucked. Like they're, they're completely yeah. exhausted and they can't do it anymore. That's why they've got so many injuries. That odd is somebody cropping people on the injury table, but it's, they, they do look difficult. And I, I think if they go down, they'll struggle to get back up again for another 10, 15 years. So I'm hoping they don't go. But hopefully Watford, Burnley and Norwich are a bit worse. Because <laughs> I could do with not seeing a Burnley team in the league for a couple of years. That would be really nice. Well, we'll talk a bit more about Brentford once we discuss like our next Premier League game. But just to sort of preview that a little bit now, I think they should be wary because I'm getting proper Blackpool vibes from them. Like they had a great, they came up, had a great start to the beginning of the season. And then, I mean, how many losses have they had in a row now? I think it's like three or four. It's four, four in a row. Oh. Yeah. And then they play in City next. I mean. To be fair though, two out of those three, four were Liverpool and United. And then anybody can beat United. United's <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, right. Um, let's just get a bit specific because there's a there's a parallel case to City in the league at the moment. Um, or Newcastle United have got a lot of money now, and they have been spending it. There are some City analogs. There are some possibly better than we bought. Um, there's there's some that are just like why, why have you bothered? Dan Burn as a signing for Newcastle. I I was saying I think I said on the last podcast they need to get. They're Jolie and Lescott. But I was thinking more in the likes of a Lewis Dunk or, or something like that. We've gone for Dan Byrne. Uh, what, what do we think of him as a signing for Newcastle? I think it's fine, right? He's a capable defender. Um, and I don't really know Newcastle's squad too in-depth, to be fair, pre all of these signings. But Eddie Howe isn't renowned for being a managerial expert in defence, so I was just thinking that maybe that's where they needed to strengthen most, like get a few steady eddies in there. And Well, they fair, did. They brought in Kieran Trippier. They've loaned Matt Target from Aston Villa, who can't even get a game at Villa, so I don't know why. He's... Have they really? Have they brought Target in? Yeah, they've yeah. loaned Matt Target for the rest of the season. So they have got a lot of defenders in. But I don't know if a backup left-back from the Premier League is... They they basically just need to get through this rough patch, don't they? They need to stay up this season. And it sounds like they've made a few canny signings there and just splashed a bit of unnecessary cash. Like, uh, have you spoken about Chris Wood already? No. Apparently, there's a method to the madness of Chris. It seems (laughs) to be the madness of Chris Wood. Uh, Is is that he's got the best heading accuracy in the league. um, And they want to play crossing football. So they need a big man. Should have gone for that Dutch guy who's a bit taller for half the price, shouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, they're big sided, and apparently he's really good. Uh, level, same sort of level as St. Maximan would be for them. Um, Bruno Gimmerreich uh, from Leon is Did you Google that pronunciation, mate? I was going to no, say, I'm mate, just that good was at top. pronunciations. Pal. I'd have called um, him like Gomerez or something. Um, he's Portuguese, so it's like Ruben Niche. Bruno Fernandes, like that, you know. <laughs> um, so apparently he's really good. Like a lot of bigger clubs were sniffing around him. So he might he feels like their David Silver if he comes good, sort of thing. Like he might be their their big player. Um, we're not so, getting too far ahead of ourselves. Is he not the Alano at this point? Maybe he's like the Alano Giovanni, but but he's uh, he's a lot younger than they were. I think specifically. Um, I think he's only in his early twenties. Um, based off it. So, overall, Newcastle's window, we what are we thinking? Good, bad? Is it is it reminiscent of City's 08 window? Uh, not 08 window, uh, like the Gareth Barry, Jolie and Lescott sort of window? Well, what are we thinking what? of it? <clears throat> I've just pulled... It would have been the 07 window, wouldn't it? I was right. The, the takeover yeah. was in 08. I think the, the one before that was where we made a few canny signings like Company and Zabaleta. Yeah. And so, then we... Had the Rabinho one, so I pulled I pulled the 0708 summer transfers on transfer mark, and it's Bianchi, Carluca, Alano, Bojanov, Petrov, Gelson, Fernandez, Garrido, Giovanni. That was the Sven one, wasn't it? That's that a bad cinema, cinema <laughs> How many strikers? Yeah, but my point is that's when the takeover happened. Yeah, so, so surely we, we, we should compare that to Newcastle yeah. rather than. Well, to be honest, then, I think I think they've done better than we did. <clears throat> I don't know. There's only two or three players in that. You could argue Petrov, Alano, 
Um, Giovanni was good for half a season, but then we signed Carluca, Bianchi, that Garrido. Like, there's a lot of dead wood in that in that window. There, but you know, but do you know what? When we signed them. You know, Kolukov's 21, Bojanov 21, Gelson Fernandez 20, Garrido 22, Bianchi was 24. Like, there's a lot of young, exciting European talent there, or South American talent. Um, yeah, we're, we're looking at hindsight, aren't we? So it could be in 10 years, you look back at Newcastle and go, what was that window? Uh, I was going to say, yeah, I think with this one, judging whether it's a success or not, will be whether or not they stay in the Premier League. And we can probably only judge that successfully after the fact, right? Right. You enjoy yeah. sitting on that fence. Uh, we'll... <laughs> so many we'll... splinters in my ass. <laughs> we'll have a quick talk about City's business. Um, not much going on transfer-wise, but we did get uh, Julian Alvarez from River Plate uh, coming in in July. I don't know about you. I, I'm I'm excited as I am with all City signings, uh, especially because of he loves Aguero. He models his game on Aguero. He's he's hopefully quite good. I'm just hoping against hope that he's not the striker signing. Yeah, uh, because I do have I have my heart set on a certain Norwegian freak. Um, but if he comes in and that's it, that's the striker that we're going to have. Great if he comes in and scores 20, 30 goals in his first season steadily against, or even scores 10, 15 and steadily against better. Great, but. I'm selfish and I want that big money striker signing. <laughs> so how, how is... he isn't the guy. He's 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 an yeah, one. But it's all um paper talk, isn't it? We don't know. That that might be that they've pinned their hopes on him. We don't know. Um hopefully it's not and and hopefully the paper talk's right. How, do you guys have have you guys watched any Julian Alvarez 2020 2021 YouTube clips <laughs> about his, uh, his uh, how, do you know anything about him is he any good what what do you think I've seen the compilation video that everybody else has seen yeah. like if if they did the sort of geo region of where the, those videos have been watched from like it'd just be like Manchester <laughs> and Argentina at this point it looks decent I, I don't think that um a lot of the talk is that it, you know, is could he be CFG? Could he is is he going to be like a, an actual Man City player, or is this the type of player that maybe we send out on loan a little bit here and there and look to sort of flip over for a bit more money later down the line? Again, I think it is a bit too soon, but um, I, I don't think he would be the main guy. Do you know the Sergio Aguero replacement that we've been banging on about since fucking Gabriel Jesus signed? however many years ago. I think that that will come. Do you remember the interview that Caldoun did and he was just like bigging up Sergio and saying he's one of our best ever players, et cetera, et cetera. But he was like, we won't be afraid to go into the market to like replace him. And they haven't done that yet. They Apparently they tried to do that with Kane, but it just didn't get anywhere. I think we will see um, some other signing coming in the summer. Yeah, I completely agree. I think... There's been enough enough has come out in the last couple of days to point towards the fact that he isn't a CFG signing. Uh, I think his dad's come out and said it's not the case. He said that um, the clubs negotiated directly rather than it was a it was a CFG negotiation. Um, I think ninety three twenty talk about his transfer fee and his age as a point of difference to other CFG signings, and I think that's a really good point. So he'll be. Well, he's turned 22 this week, I think. So by the time he comes to us, he's, he's pushing 
what, 20, on the way to 23, he'll have played in the World Cup, hopefully, as, as a number nine for Argentina. Not comparing him to Aguero in terms of quality, but similar time that Aguero came to us, isn't it? Wasn't he about 23, 24? The um, comparisons are, are all there, aren't they? Like, yeah, enough to I, get I excited. Say, <laughs> I can't say about his gameplay too much because I've only seen those compilations as well. Um, but just in terms of comparing him to another CFG signing, um, like if you think of that, it was that Turkish guy, Unal, or something like that. Every yeah, Enes Unal was supposed to be the next next Sergio yeah. Aguero. <laughs> exactly. Um, um, the, the story has changed because about a week before he signed, the papers were all saying he's going to come and be loaned straight back out uh, when he actually comes. Uh, to, well, that's technically what's you know, happened. No, but I mean, when he comes in July, oh, they were see. talking about him being loaned straight back out to Troy or, you know, Girona or whatever. Uh, to, to, so that has changed and it looks like he's going to be uh, just before we move on from him, you two have seen the compilation. Does he remind you of any City player in particular, or, or do we? Is it just too early to tell? Aguero. <laughs> <laughs> I want everyone to. I want the hype to start. I want people to be getting his na- his name on the back of the shirts now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Get that ninety okay. percent um, <laughs> off third kit and get <laughs> his name on the back. Of it. All right. Um, we'll talk about some contract extensions before we move on to uh, a little game that we've prepared for the first time in, in weeks and weeks. Um, Cancelo's a definite contract extension here till 2027. Uh, I assume we're both we're all happy about that. Delighted. Yeah, thrilled. Yeah, uh, great. Uh, then there's two possible extensions that have been touted uh, this week. Uh, Raheem uh, is in talks uh, off his farm. James uh, smirked and, and shrugged his shoulders, uh, so we could we could assume his feelings on that. Richard, what about you? Um, to be, I I really like Raheem. Um, if he wants to stay at City, I think he should do. But if he wants to leave, I think he should do. Um, I don't think that he's irreplaceable at City. I think he's very much a cog in a machine and how it works. I think that he brings a lot to the party. Don't get me wrong. Um, his pace, uh, I think his dribbling ability has really, really come on in the last couple of weeks since he's found his form back again. And that's not necessarily something that he's always had in his locker. But I'd um, basically, I'm again, I'm going to sit on the fence on this. I think I only want him at the club if he wants to be there. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not just I'll sign and then we'll negotiate. I'll, I'll be unhappy again in a year and then we'll have all of this talk again. Um, just make up your mind, mate. We'll all move on. The problem is, though, he might just resign because there's nowhere else to go. Yeah, that's that's a bit of an issue, though, isn't it? Because if he's not happy with his game time and he's not convinced that he's going to get more game time, but he just stays because for the the hell of it, do you know what I mean? Like, is that some somebody that you really want in the squad? Game time's a changing thing, though, isn't it? That we've seen with everyone that in and out of form, someone else is playing really well, then you can't get in the side again. That's down to him if he's playing well mm-hmm. enough. He gets game time. I suppose time will tell, won't it? And the other contract extension came out in the last day or so. Very exciting. Uh, Bernardo seems happy again. Bernardo's back in talks uh, about oh, really? possibly staying longer. Uh, yeah, it's just come out, I believe, the last night this morning. Um, oh, brilliant. Talk, talks are positive. So It's not official. It's not been announced or anything yet. But um, a lot of in-the-know City Twitter accounts have been roping his 
extension in with Cancelo, which has been announced. So, right. hopefully. That one's the best one for me, definitely. There's the a couple that are being run down, though, aren't there? There's, what, um... as, as in people are running their contracts down to leave? Well, not whether it's on purpose or they're just running short on contract. It's um, Gundo, Mares, Jesus and Sterling. Gundo's so wrong side of 13 months. So, <clears throat> so's Mares. Yeah, so you could see maybe letting them go. You could see your way to, even though I think we've missed Gundo this season, you could maybe see. I wouldn't be too upset if they didn't renew, personally. Gundo's done it before as well, hasn't he? Like, he yeah. ran his contract down, I think maybe as close as like the last six months, mm-hmm. um, the last time, because everyone feared that he was just going to go and join Klopp on a free yeah. and so yeah. people started trashing him like we don't need this guy etc <laughs> etc et and then as soon as he re-signed oh, all around yeah yeah well I'd, I'd I'd really like Gundo to stay I think that he's one of the type of players that we could really do with him finishing his career at City so there's the four of them Mares, Gundo Jesus Sterling you can only keep one of them are you keeping I would re-sign Jesus even if we were going to sell him because you get some money for him. Um, not Jesus. I'd, I just can't bring myself to say that. I get what where Cam's coming from, though. He's got the most time in Free front of him. Value. Yeah, yeah. Um, you I would then, say that Sterling? No, because with Jesus, I think you'd get what he's worth. With Sterling and the way that the market is, I don't see anybody coming in. and He's worth over 100 million, Sterling, frankly. And no one's coming in and buying him right, for yeah. that. So you're not going to get the resale value for him that you'd think. I'd probably just say Sterling. Um, yeah. I'd go Jay-Z's. I'd be tempted with Gundo, but age-wise, I'd go Jay-Z's. Right. We ain't got much time, so we're going to move on. Uh, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back with a brand new game. Ooh. Oh, right. See you in a minute. You're listening to the Topical City Podcast. Disagree with anything you've heard? Don't forget to let the Etty lads know at Topical City Pod on Twitter. And we're back uh, with a, a brand new game. Uh, drum roll, please. Today, Topical City Corrections. Which is... Basically, I will give you a statement uh, that has one thing wrong with it. I've shamelessly stolen it from another from a game show on the internet. Um, it's got one thing wrong with it, uh, and you basically just shout out. You both going at the same time. Uh, if you can tell me what's wrong, the part of the sentence that's wrong, you get one point. If you can tell me why it's wrong, you get two points. Basically, so do we shout out our own name? Yeah, go for it. Be a Pokemon. I'm just gonna uh, Richard. So I'll let uh do I do a quick rock, paper, scissors to decide who picks which quote goes first? James five. You, you just go first, mate. All right. James, one to five. Um four. Here we go. Manchester City's trophy hall since the Abu Dhabi United group took over in 2008 is truly impressive with the club winning five Premier Leagues, two FA Cups, six League Cups, and three community shields. For those who claim the club has no history before that, the pre-takeover hall isn't too shabby. They'd won the top flight twice, four FA Cups, two League Cups, 
two community shields and the European Cup Winners' Cup in the 1969-70 season. So you get a point if you can tell me where the error is and you can get two if you tell me what's wrong with it. Richard. Yep. I think I'm going to take a guess here and it's the number of FA Cups that we'd won pre-takeover. Incorrect. That's number of top flight league wins. Incorrect. That's all right. Um, this one's cheeky. Pre-takeover, we didn't win two community shields. We won two charity shields. Ah, uh, you little bastard. <laughs> I was like, it sounds all right. And I thought that, um, I thought uh, at post-takeover, the FA Cups one was wrong. Um, so I was like, oh, I've got this. I'll let him finish and then I'll go. And then I realised, like, actually, no, that's right. And so I'd stop listening to everything else. <laughs> <laughs> that one's the one I'm most proud of because <laughs> it's just so horrible. Uh, okay, Richard, uh, one, two, three, or five. One. Uh, French centre-back Sylvain Distan signed for Man City from League One side Bordeaux in the summer of 2002, playing his first game for the club in a 3-0 loss to Leeds in the first game of the season. Richard. Yep. He didn't sign from Bordeaux. Can you tell me where he did sign from? No, but I'll guess. <laughs> uh, Ren? No, you get a point for knowing where the error was. You can get a point if you can tell me where he came from. So you're talking about who you, who you moved from? To who he came from is the, is the issue here. While you're bad in right. time there, James, why don't you just right. say, OK, oh, Google, right. and then repeat it. No, and no, see no. What... <laughs> so I, this isn't my guess. I know he played for PSG. I feel like Newcastle was in there at some point. So I'm going to say Newcastle. Incorrect. Man City signed him from PSG. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> so when did Richard he go to is... Newcastle then? Before that, I believe. He was really? there in the 90s. Yeah, I think he was there in the yeah, early 2000s. Checking this. Uh, you can do. I did extensively fact check on it <laughs> to make sure it was right. Um, why are you doing that, James? Uh, two, three, or five? Two, please, mate. Two. Great. Uh, so, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Fuck off. He went from PSG to Newcastle on loan and yeah. then signed for City. From, yeah, we did sign him from Newcastle, though. That's, that's half uh, a point, surely. I got both it's definitely not. Uh, so, <laughs> Manchester City's incredible 2018 2019 season saw them win 50 out of 61 games to secure a domestic treble, quadruple to some. The only, they are the only English side to do so. And it was a particularly nice way to signal the end of an era for the club, being the last season in which the four modern City legends, David Silva, Sergio Aguero, Yaya Torre, and Vincent Company. Yep. Aguero didn't leave when the others did. You can have one point for finding where the error is, but that's not right. Um, Can you finish the whole sentence, please? Being the last season in which the four modern City legends, David Silva, Sergio Aguero, Yaya Torre, and Vincent Company all played for the club. So James has spotted the error in the... So what am I guessing? What? The correct. So so the error is in that sentence. The Yaya Torre left the, before, so he, it wasn't, he, he wasn't even at City that season? Yaya left the season before, yeah. So that's 2-1 to Richard. Uh, three or five. On so what did James get a point for? I don't understand. Because he, he found the area the that was incorrect. Right, OK. Yeah. This, it so, seems... Pathetic to get a point for that, but whatever. Well, you do. So. <laughs> hey, I got I got Newcastle and PSG in the last one. I deserve a point somewhere. Uh, are we doing three or five, Richard? Uh, uh, going for five. 
Okay. Manchester City's last season outside of top flight football was the 2001-2002 season in which they complete, competed in the first division managed by Kevin Keegan and captain... Richard. Yeah? No, I've not got it. <laughs> captain by Stuart Psycho Pierce. The team dominated the league, scoring 108 goals on their way to 99 points. Still a points record for that incarnation of the competition before its rebranding to the championship. Sean Golter ended the campaign as top scorer and mercurial talents Al Berkovich and Ali Benabia pulled the strings in the club's midfield. Um, I'm just going to take a guess to fill the silence and say that they did Please shout your own name so I know that you're covered in. Richard. Yeah, go on. I didn't shout it. Apologies, mate. Richard! (laughs) It's the total number of points is wrong? No. James. Yep. I wasn't the top scorer. He was the top scorer. Can I go this again? You can do, but you won't get any points for it. Oh, right. It wasn't the last season that it was Division One. Is that what you said? No, I said it was our last season outside the top flight. Well, it, it was, so... That's yeah. right. Uh, yeah, the issue... not the, it was the reincarnation, as in it was called something else. No, no, it was called the first division when we were in it. At that yeah, point. yeah, I, yeah I sorry. No, it... it, never mind. Yeah, yeah, I know where <laughs> uh, I fucked up there, yeah. The, the issue there is that um, that wasn't a points record. We didn't get a points record at that point. Points record uh, for the old division one is 105 points uh, set by Sunderland earlier than we were in there. Uh, so uh, last one is number three. Uh, so here we go. Pep Guardiola has rarely put a foot wrong in the transfer market since his reign started at Man City, seeing 63 transfers come into the club in his four and a bit seasons at the helm, but they haven't all been world beaters. Arguably, his biggest flop was Claudio, goalkeeper Claudio Bravo, who conceded 26 goals in 22 Premier League fixtures, including a woeful display which saw Everton score four goals for their biggest ever Premier League win against the club. James. Yep. Pep doesn't make the transfers. Cheeky does. I'm not taking that. I'm as Why? soon as you said that uh, about Pep's transfer record, I was just going to interrupt then and go. I'm sure Pep bullshit. has some say in the transfer. <laughs> right. So either I get a point or Cameron loses an Etihad's point for this because there's not no no I'm right <laughs> no you know that this means the club of well, Pep Guardiola's been there. You, you're talking out your ass. Come on. I um I'll take a guess, Richard. Yep. Um, Claudio Bravo wasn't in net for that game. He wasn't seven. for that game. I'll let you have another guess, James. I can't remember what you freaking said now. Um, Everton didn't score four goals. Well, they did. It was that bloody horrible 4-0 loss where Tom Davies absolutely destroyed it. Um, the issue there, so you've won 2-1, uh, Richard, I believe. Uh, the issue yes. with that sentence is uh, Pep hasn't been here for four and a bit seasons. He's been here for five and a bit seasons. He has been yeah, here for four so... and a bit seasons. He has, but he's been here for five seasons. Just poking holes in this game, mate. Not very well, I would say. Uh, So, 2-1, Richard. That was Topical City Corrections. I'm sure we'll work out some kind of airlines point where we actually work out where the table is and what's happening with it. Uh, So, yes, that's the game over. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. I'm assuming, actually, James, you might have to go. Yeah, I'm going to bow out now. So, so uh, when when we come back... dishing out points to each other, yeah? When we come back, me and Richard will get 10 points each and we'll talk about the Brentford game. We may be fans of the best team in the land and all the world, but sometimes life isn't always great for everyone. 
You can make life a little bit better for someone else by donating to your local food bank. Visit MCFC Food Bank on Twitter for more information and for their GoFundMe link. And we're back. Uh, so City have got... Uh, James has left, uh, so we can finally talk about him behind his back. Uh, what do you think of James's performance uh, on, on the podcast this week? Um, I've actually, I can only say thank you for filling in all of the silence that would have been there <laughs> due to my technical issues. It would essentially just be a monologue from Cameron the entire time. So cheers for showing up and, uh, and taking Holy over there. <laughs> Uh, we've got the um, Fulham game uh, against the FA in the FA Cup this weekend. Nobody really gives a shit. Seems like it's <laughs> gonna be, you know we'd have to play pretty badly. Actually, uh, mate, let's expand on that a little bit. Do you care as much about the FA Cup as you do as about other competitions? Because the way that I always see it is like the Carabao's our cup. Yeah, no, so, we're out of it. So who, yeah. who gives a shit anymore? I don't even care if we're in the league. We're out of the Carabao <laughs> Cup. Who cares? And, and and based off that um, fact from the corrections game, the club is not great in the FA Cup as well. No, yeah, yeah. You'd think that so, for a domestic trophy, we'd have won a few more. There was a yeah. couple where we came close, wasn't it? Like we got to a few semi-finals that we really should have won. I think in Pep's first season, we got to the FA Cup semi-final and Arsenal knocked us out. And Wigan twatted us. Yeah, yeah, well, they always do now, don't they? Twice, Wigan. Did they twat us in the... In one of the previous rounds as well, when um, Delft got sent off, was that the FA Cup? Yes, yeah, they um, they beat us obviously in Mancini's last season, but then they knocked us out a few years after that as well. Yeah, so pile of shite, don't care about it. <laughs> the fuck all cup, as they say. The fuck all cup, Carabao's where it's at. Right, that's enough. Hopefully, we see some kids play. Let's say that. Hopefully, Cole Palmer yes. gets the game. Hopefully, Mackety. Um, looking forward Mac- to seeing him. If he's not gone out on loan by then. Because um, there, there are people sniffing around, aren't they? Rangers want him, uh, I believe. So uh, we'll talk about Brentford then. Uh, we we touched on this um, in the start of it. Uh, they've lost four out of their last five, arguably against quite strong opposition. Um, I'm just going to check. Uh, while you go on about Brentford's farm, I'm just going to check who they've got coming up um, after us, obviously, uh, to see mm. uh, who, if, if they should be doing better. But, but what do you think about Brentford so far? I think they should be worried. I have mentioned it briefly before, but we've seen this before from Premier League, uh, from Championship teams who come up to the Premier League, have a really good start, and then when they have this kind of loss of form, it's difficult to recover from. I think a lot of people respect Brentford because they've gone about things a bit differently. They've tried something new in terms of not having the academy and you know, like all of the the way that they bring through players and stuff. And their manager seems like a decent guy I liked his angry rant when they lost to United because they definitely shouldn't have lost that game it's weird this because I I, st- I thought the same thing I liked what he did Klopp does the exact same thing and we hate him is it literally just a Liverpool thing? I think it, there's, there's nuances to it that make it different I think that Frank came out in that and said exactly what he wanted to say and there was no reading between the lines. He, he was like completely upfront about it. Whereas Klopp sometimes makes excuses. He evades questions, drops like little bits of information in there about like City haven't had as much COVID cases. So that, it, yeah, yeah. so that it, yeah, yeah. So that it becomes a narrative that, you know, 
the Liverpool client media can then just uh, exactly can, can use as a bit of fake news to sort of spread a, another reason why Liverpool are behind City this season. Where so yeah, I think it's a little bit differently, but maybe if we see a bit more of him, the Brentford manager, that he might end up just being a coach. In the well, their their next five games, they've got us, which hopefully they won't win. <laughs> they've got Palace, which is a game they should be looking to get some out of. Arsenal depends what Arsenal turn up. But, yeah. It's got nil-nil um, written all over it. That's and then they've got Newcastle and Norwich, uh, which again are games, especially Norwich, are games they should mm-hmm. be, be looking at winning. Um, like you say, I, I don't think it's the end of the world for Brentford if they get. Like you say, the way they've set up, they've set up differently to everybody. The whole thing about Brentford is they want to be a sustainable Premier League club. And they don't want to be, I think we talked about this um, separately, they don't want to be a yo-yo full of Norwich, Watford mm. type of club. They want to consolidate themselves. And I think if they go down, but they strengthen and come straight back up and then strength, like they just keep strengthening the way they do their team through the B teams and all that sort of stuff. That's what they're looking to do. So obviously they would prefer to stay in the Premier League. Um, but I think if they go down, it's not going to be a case like Leeds where they go down for 15 years and you don't hear from them again. I think they'll be back up pretty quickly. My advice to them, and it's going to sound incredibly condescending, but if you want to be a sustainable Premier League club, you should start winning some football <laughs> matches. <laughs> Easier said than done, isn't it? Uh, so uh, do you think we're going to have a repeat at the Southampton game? or? Yeah, I think it could be quite difficult. I think it could be a bit feisty, this one as well. I think that the players will take a lot of the manager's sort of attitude in the last couple of weeks and they'll... Um, They'll show out like Southampton were dirty, weren't they? Let's face it, against City. Like they came for a fight, and it seems like Hasenhutl sets his team up for that fight against City every time. But then when they go up against other teams, they sort of just roll over. Like we weren't, they were beaten just before they played uh, City 3 1. I can't remember who, uh, who beat them, but it was a mid table to bottom, bottom of the table side. So I, th- I think it could be really difficult, this one, mate, actually. And we don't really know. Obviously, City have won, 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 won consistently. And then they draw a game. We've had a little bit of time off. you just got to hope that the players come back and, and they're ready to go out. It's not the end of the world if we do drop points, but you don't want to be giving the Scousers any more hope than they've already got. Yeah, it's, it's, this team currently doesn't go on runs like that that often. So I, I think I think we'll probably be all right, but you never know. There's always there's always a chance uh, in there. Um so I believe uh, I haven't got any predictions but I believe you, you might want to what what do you think to the team? Uh, yeah I'll, I'll pitch a team. Um you tell me if you think that anybody's suspended or injured that that I'm not aware of. But as far as I know, I think Barring any COVID cases or like training ground injuries, I'm pretty sure we've got a, quite a fully fit squad. Map just be Zinchenko that's out at the minute. It sounds right. I am just checking while you uh, set your team out. Uh, so obviously Edison in net. I'm going to go for Walker at right back and Cancelo at left back. I'm in the centre back pairing. I think I'm going to go for Diash and Laporte. Uh, Rodri, defensive midfield, a Midfield then of Bernardo and KDB. And the front line, I'm going to go for 
I think Mares is going to come right back into the team for this one um, after African Cup of Nations. And then I'm going to go for Sterling and Foden. I mean, it's a good team that should win. Um, according to transfer match, even Zinchenko's back, according to that. Um, Riyad Mahrez is out because he was at AFCON, should be back by then. Uh, and the only other player that's out is in prison. So uh, <laughs> hopefully he doesn't play. He's out of society. I think he's, he's actually uh, out on bail, but oh, God. clearly not available for this game. Clubs of Manchester look out. Uh, it's not going well for the clubs of Manchester in that regard, is it? No, no, it's not. Um, so um, we'll, we'll just give me a yes or no. No sitting on the fence. Have give we me. won the league? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. This is something that I'm not going to sit on the fence about. I think that you don't go on a winning run like we went on and then have the manager that we've got and the players that we've got with the experience that they've got in, in winning and fuck it up at this point. I think that there was mistakes that were, that were made under Mancini and Pellegrini and I just don't think that Pep wouldn't allow that to happen. Do you know what I mean? Barring some really weird turn of events like some massive injuries and big suspensions and stuff like that. I think that we've, we've essentially got it sewn up and won. I think so too. I, like I say, I'm not worried. Apparently Liverpool have to win every game. They don't seem like a team that'll do that to me. Uh, I mean, especially... Liverpool, they don't have to win every game. It, that, that's not... Well, as long as, as, long as we don't... As long, if we lose a few games in the same... I don't see us losing enough games and then winning enough games to catch yeah, them, basically. I agree That's completely, right. mate. Yeah, 100%. Um, but hopefully uh, Hubris doesn't bite me in the arse in four months, three months, <laughs> uh, for, for the time of recording. Um, well, we probably won't else... record for a little bit, so wh- why don't you give us your top four prediction, and then the next oh, time God. we do record, we can sort What's of... It looking like that can the... be a recurring sort of segment that we have now up until the end. Us, us, Liverpool and Chelsea look basically uncatchable, right? You don't think that Chelsea can continue to have a downward turn of form and even, finish outside the top four? Not not in so much as anybody else would have a good enough run of form to catch them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're 10 points clear of fifth. United are the most inconsistent team going. They're nine points behind Chelsea anyway. I don't see... I mean, United had two games in hand, so maybe. But... You know, City say it's uh, sorry. People say it's boring if City win the league. Do you think it's boring if, if at the end of the season the top four was as it was now: City, Liverpool, Chelsea, United? I couldn't give a shit. To me. Like, <laughs> if, if we're winning the league, what do I care about what the the top four is? Do you know what I mean? Um, it'd be nice to see like West Ham getting the Champions League, or, or like because I like West Ham. But at the end of the day. I'll start complaining about how boring the league is when we're not winning it. How about that? Will you permit me uh, an Etihad's bet? Um, it, it depends what the bet would be. So I'm going to, to make things a little bit interesting, uh, not boring, I'm going to go for an outside punt here and say that Tottenham get in the top four. No, I won't go for that because I could see that. I think Conte is, uh, real, is, is going to turn him around. And he already has, to be honest, doesn't he? Like, they're, they're, Would you let me have Arsenal, then? I bet you have Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go for... Like, James said before how shit they were. I fucking really hate Wolves. 
there's and so, there some there Wolves fans so as well, and and they they are a good like they're a good fan base. And to be honest with you, I feel bad for them that after the yeah. fucking doldrum of how boring some of the Nuno team like performances were, that they've got this guy in. Unless unless he's having a Mancini season where he's just setting them up good defensively so that next season they can kick off. I fucking hate him, mate. Really, really yeah. do. And I, they, if it's they... like, I'd be so fucking bored if City played that. Even if they won the league year on year on year. But they played that way. Like, fuck me. No. It was very Porto in the Champions League last season, John. Just complete shithousery. Um, yeah, fuck them. I, I really hope that they don't get in, break into it. So, just to clarify, Richard hates the Portuguese. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Just Please. absolutely hate. Um, I want to go so, on holiday at Lisbon, so let's not. Uh... <laughs> well, you went last time, but we lost the European Cup final, so uh, let's not let you go back there. Eh? Let's, uh, let's keep it, keep you away from all that. Um, that's it for me, to be honest. But I don't know about you. No, that's it for me. Nice to uh, nice to do a podcast again, even if I am a little bit under the weather. It is. Oh, well, you had to bring it in just for the sympathy, didn't you? Like. In case my podcasting performance was shit, I just wanted to throw it out there. I, I did a little Jürgen Klopp. I just it, made yeah. it, yeah, I made <laughs> it known. I wanted to get my narrative out there. <laughs> okay. Well, don't attack me. I'm not dressed for Eve, so <laughs> don't go for me. Um, well, I guess then uh, I'll see you in the hospitality suite at Brentford. Then. I'll see you there, mate. I do, what, what time does it open? Uh, three hours before, I believe. Uh, I'll work it out with you. Uh, that's that's our little uh, throw in there that we'll be enjoying some comfy seats and free beer uh, in the Richard Dunn room, hopefully again Dunn room, hopefully uh, for Brentford. So uh, you know we'll have a nice little talk. Loving the high time. life, you know it. Should we bring? Right, should we do a podcast from the Richard Dunn? <laughs> <laughs> if it, we'll see if they, they usually bring an old city player in. Uh, so if it's anybody good, we'll get them. I might try and sneak my lapel mic in just in case, you know. <laughs> Hopefully it's not Chappie. <laughs> no offence, Chappie. We just want to see All someone All to actually important and <laughs> relevant to Manchester City. <ye> see you soon, Chappie. See you soon, Chappie. We'll see you then. Sunji, bye. bye. <laughs>